When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. You're listening to the Chicago Audible podcast, changing up the way Bears fans stay up to date on their favorite team since 2015. Now get ready. Because it's time to bear down. Welcome back, Bears fans, to another episode of the Chicago Audible, the NFL Combine. It's now officially behind us, and let me just say, what a week it was. I'm your host, Will DeWitt, and I'm joined by my co-host, Nicholas Moriano, and the two of us, I think we're officially rested from our week in Indianapolis, and we're excited to be back on air to discuss Bears football with you all. Nick, how have you been? Did you get some much-needed sleep this weekend? Because I felt like that's all I did. Yeah, that's basically what my weekend entailed, just getting some sleep, catching up on sleep as much as I could. But that was that was a really long week, Will. I, even my legs were, were tired after standing for the amount of time that we did. So, well, uh, you know, well rested. That's exactly what the weekend was for. Any other big announcements from you? How was class getting back into the grind of work? It was. It's been a pretty relaxing few days here on my end. Haven't done anything crazy. Took the kid bowling for an afternoon, which is a good time. But how about you? Anything wild happen ever since you returned to Waukegan? Uh, nothing wild. I, I do have all my finals that are like due in the next couple of weeks. So that's always fun. But yeah, um, most of it, you know, entails about writing articles about the Bears. So it's perfect. There'll be more content coming out and I'll hopefully be getting A's on my homework assignments. That sounds like a great class. Like, if I can get class credit, grad school credit for writing about the Chicago Bears, I feel like that's a win-win situation. But So you're in a really good spot there, Nick. But for today's episode, we're going to do a mock draft. And we are both a little nervous about our mock drafts. It's one where, I mean, admittedly, I thought it was a little bit difficult. I think Ryan Pace and company do have their work cut out for them in this draft. I know uh, waiting until pick 43 to get on the board, you know, I'm going through these simulators and I'm like, oh my, you're just watching everyone with this top talent go away. And then after, you know, pick 50, not having another pick to around, I mean, pick what, 140-ish is what we're kind of estimating that comp pick to fall. That's a long time to kind of wait to watch, you know, another hundred players kind of go off the board. Did you have the same kind of problems that I was running into? 
Yeah, I think for me is I wanted to fit so many players into this first mock draft. And as I kind of went through it, I like I t- admitted to you earlier before we went live, I didn't even put my two favorite players in this draft. But I think the title of the show in itself kind of, you know, details what this is about. It's a post combine mock draft. So I think that sways how I kind of played into putting the certain players that I slot in the, the specific picks. Exactly. It's hard right now because free agency is going to change all of this. I mean, give it a few weeks. You know, the Bears, maybe they make a a trade. I was going to say a trade or two. That's not going to happen. It's either a trade or none. And then after the fact, again, free agency is going to change the entire hierarchy of needs here for the Bears. But I'm excited. We got to talk to a lot of interesting prospects. I'm excited to see who is going to make our cuts uh, respectively. Uh, Like you uh, like you said, I had a hard time trying to fit in some of the guys I really like talking to to kind of get in here. Even some positions where I sat, sat there on our podcast and Indy saying, you know, the Bears should maybe look into it. And I couldn't find a way to get it to work because there's just some other pressing needs right now. But uh, any initiating thoughts before we kind of jump into the fire here? Uh, I'm trying to tiptoe around because, A, this is all we're doing is a mock draft, nothing more, nothing less, and B, like I said, I don't know if I like it. So I just kind of want to hide it, erase it, and just maybe, you know, hop off the show. Yeah, before everyone just tears me a new one for my mock draft, <laughs> what you're about to hear, um, I do want to say I made this mock in the basically have the Bears will eventually sign a veteran quarterback. I don't know who, but they did. And then also Austin Hooper. That's that's how I went into this mock draft. So keep that in mind. As you're about to hear these picks that, again, I'm going to get destroyed for. But that's that's what the fun is with the mock draft. Everyone is going to either hate it, love it, maybe be in between. You're an idiot. You're a genius. It's all these things that are about to come up. At Cenex, we're locally owned and operated. So your community is our community. That's why your Cenex goes far beyond the store. We fuel community connections by supporting local festivals, restoring town monuments, and renovating baseball fields. Now in its fourth year, we'll have contributed more than $400,000 to Cenex communities through our Hometown Pride initiative. Because community connections make the places we live so special. Cenex, powered locally. But, yeah, you know what, Will? We should just stop tiptoeing around it. We got to get through it eventually. And, yeah, I think we should just get right into it. All right, let's go ahead and just rip it off like a Band-Aid. So with the 43rd overall pick, and well, I was going to say in the second round, it doesn't make sense, but you understand. In the second round with pick 43, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Julian Aquara, the edge player out of Notre Dame. Uh, He didn't really participate in the combine uh, besides the bench press due to the fact that he's still kind of recovering from that broken fibula, but he did put up 27 reps on the bench. So you know this dude's really strong. And his last full season, 2018, uh, you're not going to really love the numbers with 12 and a half tackles for a loss and his eight sacks. He's someone who didn't have a ton of production in college, but here you're looking at just overall talent. And I think what kind of draws me to Aquara is the fact that he has a great combination of size and length, as well as athletic ability. His get-off is top-notch. He's able to use that speed off the snap and kind of convert it into power, traits that you really need out of an edge player here in this league. And obviously, when you're looking at you know his leg injury, I mean, he called it the combine, you know, a freak accident, a freak injury, nothing that's going to have a long-term effect. So that's going to be uh, not a red flag for me. I know that he needs to improve as a run defender. Uh, he doesn't show that ability all too often, at least at his time at Notre Dame. 
But do remember when we were speaking to him at the Combine, uh, he said that injury that I mentioned on that leg, uh, which enabled him to miss a good chunk of the final quarter, third of the season, it made him love the game of football more. And I really took that down. It was in my notes, and I was prepping for this mock draft. It's something that I really kind of took stock in because I can see that. You know, when you're off and you can't participate with your guys, especially for a guy who's been as healthy as Aquar has been, uh, sometimes it does have that outsider's perspective can help you gain even more passion. And I think he's going to be a guy who is a better pro than he was a college player. And I think he is coming in with the right mindset. Uh, speaking of mindset, looking at my notes too, he mentioned that he has a quote power mindset, wants to bully linemen. I think I said that on the last podcast, but I want to make sure to reiterate it here on the podcast. Uh, he does have a brother. He's already on the Lions. Football runs deep in his family. And for this pick, it helps if the Bears decide to even keep Floyd or move on from Leonard Floyd this year. Because if Leonard Floyd's here, who I would say is still a better run defender right now, Aquara easily is the third man in this rotation, light years ahead of what Aaron Lynch and Isaiah Irving brings to the table. I think he can spell it for either Mac or Leonard Floyd on any given down. Uh, someone that would be way more capable that we've had anyone in this uh, rotation for the past couple of years in spots three or four. Uh, so for me, Julian Aquara, I'm going edge. Uh, it's a big position I need. We know we need the pass rush for the Bears. Uh, so that's where I'm going for here. Just want to note, too, that John Grenard, uh, the edge guy of the Florida, was still on the board. I did pass on him. I don't know if that was a mistake or not. I guess time will tell. Um, I was hoping for a guy like Jalen Rager or maybe even like an offensive tackle like Austin Jackson, who's on that cusp, to maybe even fall here. Neither did, at least during the five different simulations I ran. So for here, I'm going to go with Aquara for my pick. Thoughts, Nick? Uh, you know, I had very uh, a similar mindset with my um, second-round pick, number 43 overall. You said you passed on Jonathan Grenard there, Will. That was the mistake because that's who I have going to the Bears at the number 43 slot there. The Florida Edge, six foot four, 262-pound redshirt senior out of Florida. I just think watching his film just has that nastiness to him. When he gets after opposing quarterbacks, he does it usually with power. And he does like his spin move when I was at his podium just kind of listening to him speak. that He said that would be the move that he likes to go to. But when you watch his film, his hands are a problem. Tackles are not able to get their hands usually fast enough because of that get-off that Jonathan Grenard possesses. And when he gets a good get-off on an offensive tackle – it's game over. There are a couple of hits that he's had on quarterbacks, legal ones, and keep in mind that if you're the opposing team and you see your quarterback get the hit like the way that Jonathan Grenard is delivering him, that's just going to, sh- one, send a terrible message to your offensive line, like, we need to block this guy. But it's also the little intangibles. Just he's fo- Football IQ is off the charts. There was one play against Missouri. It's a third down and two play where they're running a jet sweep, but they're faking it. And Jonathan Grenard usually would go after that sweep guy, but instead he focuses on the quarterback who's actually faking the toss, is able to tackle him in the backfield, stops the offense, results in a punt, a fourth down situation. So you're going to get that out of Grenard as well. He's very good at stopping the run as well, Sets, you know, is able to contain the edge. So whether the Bears keep a Leonard Floyd or they let him go, cut him. You're not going to obviously have a cap casualty. I like Jonathan Gennard to be 
a guy that's not just a rotational piece, but someone that's really getting in on those first, second, and third downs. Just not a third down situational pass rusher. He's way more than that. And I just like all the intangibles he really brings to the position. And he did miss the 2018 season due to a wrist injury that he sustained, kept him out all season. But just listening to him talk at the podium, he said that really humbled him, made him appreciate the game of football a little bit more. Similar to your guy, Will, with with these injuries, these guys don't take the game for granted. I got to talk to two of his teammates as well. C.J. Henderson, who might be a top 10 pick. Uh, he's a cornerback. I asked him, well, how does a guy like Grenard make your job easier? He's like, well, it just does. I mean, he he has this attitude to get after the quarterback, gives me, you know, gives the quarterback less time to go through his progressions because a guy like Grenard is getting after the quarterback. And his teammate, Jabari Zuninga, he just said he's a dog. He has that uh, mentality on the field, um, but it's and it's also good to just play with a guy like that. But Jonathan Gennard, I think, would just supplement that defensive front seven, be a nice compliment to Mac because we know Floyd, what, now going to year five, potentially just has not been able to get after the quarterback like we were all expecting being a top 10 pick. But if you pick Jonathan Gennard, I think that solves a lot of those problems on the defensive uh, front seven there. I guess the only thing I took away from that is Leonard Floyd entering his fifth year. I feel old. Yeah, it seems like a long time ago that the Bears moved up in the draft to go get him. Yet, it feels like yesterday. But no, Grenard's a really interesting prospect as well. And it's funny because you only knew one of my picks because you asked, and that was that one with Aquara. So I'm excited to see how the rest of this is going to fall into place here. But if you're listening at home, uh, you know, feel free to shout out who you're agreeing with even more. And if you're in the chat, if you had to choose between Aquara and, of course, Grenard, uh, let us know in the comments who you would choose between the two. But like I had it in my simulations, which, by the way, the Draft Network, it's a lot of fun using that draft simulation tool. It gives you a good idea of where people are going to fall. Uh, that way you can kind of make some good educated guesses here. But the fact that both of them were there, at least for uh, my picks, and I went one way, you went the other, is interesting. Because usually we think alike, which we did with the position. I just had a different preference in the overall player. All right, moving into the second round, pick 50. Nick, I went first last time, so this one's all you. So who are you taking round two, pick 50? Yeah, so round two, pick 50. Look, this is just one of my draft crushes. Oh, I love that music. Um, I'm going with, and now this might, might, this might be the most controversial pick in my draft so far, in my mock draft, but I'm going with the safety out of SIU, Jeremy Chin, six foot three, 221-pound safety. I think... Hmm. Look, I didn't know anything about Jeremy Chin coming into Indianapolis last week, but I got to talk to him before he just blew up the combine with his 445 40-yard dash, 20 reps on the bench press, you know, 41-inch uh, vertical, 138-inch broad jump. He actually he just blew it up there. And what I got a sense from him, he's just a very humble kid from Fisher, Indiana, just trying to solidify himself in what is now this is his dream, just playing in the NFL. And I think just watching some of his tape, which is not, I'll tell, I'll admit it, Will, it, there's not a lot of it just playing at SIU. Um, but he makes nice, when he gets a beat on a receiver, running back, tight end, whoever it may be, and he has that good angle, it's a wrap, literally. He's going to make the tackle, um, takes really good angles to the ball. He's a smart football player as well. 
multiple times just in the couple games I was able to watch, I find him directing some of the defensive players to follow a motion man or just to be in the right position. Because as a safety, I think Matt Bowen was the one who said this on Twitter, you have to be just one of the smartest guys on the field. You have to know the responsibilities from everybody else. And you could definitely tell that Jeremy Chin is a guy that knows what everyone else is supposed to be doing. And he loves and he excels on those safety blitzes. When he's coming on a safety blitz, regardless of how deep he is actually at his depth, he's finding a way to get to the quarterback, find the most efficient way, getting through and maneuvering through the traffic in, you know, what is a very congested area with the offensive and defensive line. And he's getting after quarterback. So I really like what he can bring a compliment to an Eddie Jackson. Most likely they're not going to pay ha Clint Dix. It's still a possibility. And there's obviously Dion Bush there, but this is a guy who would be a hybrid linebacker as well. Big nickel, which is what the NFL is kind of turning to now. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. These days, and you complement that with an Eddie Jackson, I think that's just a really good matchup. He was also saying at his press or his interview that he still has, he started off at SIU as a corner. So he does have those corner-like mentalities, the footwork to play on the outside if you really need him to. So he said he's comfortable at doing that. He's a versatile guy. He credits or he looks up to Tyron Matthew and just what he was able to do for the Chiefs, just being a very versatile guy. But I really like Jeremy Chin. Again, this is a post-combine mock draft, but I just that's one of my draft crushes there, Will. I'm rooting for him. He's got all the intangibles, all the physical ability. But I know I don't even want to check the comments yet because I'm probably getting ripped for this pick specifically. But um, Jeremy Chin, I do have in that second round pick number 50. Yep, that's a crimson chin, Jeremy Chin. <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. Uh, he was on my also considered list. I had two safeties at the spot, uh, Jeremy Chin or Kyle Duggar, both really interesting prospects. Uh, chin, by the way, Fishers at the end. So if you ever wanted to go stalk him uh, since he's your draft crush, it's Fishers, Indiana. You'll get this one. He does day. like fishing, by the way, too. Coincidence? I think not, or maybe so. It is Indiana. But uh, <laughs> getting into my pick here, uh, when I was able to get on the board here at pick 50, uh, Cole Komet, Adam Trotman, they were off the board. And tight end, I don't know if I would have gone tight end, but I just wanted to uh, at least preface my pick here with that. Like I said, Jeremy Chin and Kyle Duggar, two safeties was another option. And I'm intrigued that you went safety so early because it does really solidify the back end of this defense uh, with two really good safeties. Well, a great safety and a good rookie safety in Chin. Uh, but for me... I'm going offense, I'm filling a hole, and it's a big one that Kyle Long kind of left in. And for my pick, I'm going to go with Matt Hennessy, uh, the interior offensive lineman out of Temple. Someone else we got to talk to as well. And here's another player, like I said, we talked about the combine. Hennessy did meet with the Bears there, and I think this pick is a no-brainer type of one. Uh, Hennessy has experience all across the offensive line, uh, primarily at center uh, and guard as well. Um, at the time that we talked to him, he was looking like a third or a fifth round projection. But now I'm seeing that bump up anywhere from you know day to uh, you know round two to three or four. And without a pick to 140, I figured why not pick 
take a starter now that you can have on this offense that can plug in play without a problem. We all know Ryan Pace loves his second round offensive lineman. Um, even though, again, there may be some other talent at the board at some other positions, right goal, right guard, really the biggest hole in the team right now, and this pick fills it. Uh, Hennessy, he brings that athletic profile to Chicago. Uh, when you watch him on film, he's reaching that second level. He's able to go, uh, you know, get out there in polls. He's able to get in front of guys on screens and uh, really make some great lanes there. Uh, he told us that his biggest asset is his ability to read a defense. Um, that, of course, when you think about it, uh, anytime you can bring in a former center, kick him out the guard, their job gets so much easier. And now the Bears would have James Daniels, Cody Whitehair, and with this pick, Matt Hennessy, you have three collegiate centers holding down for it in the interior of this offensive line. So I believe this is a great pick. It gives you a lot of brain power in that offensive line room, and of course, right there in your starting five. Uh, just like my first pick with Aquara, his brother's in the NFL, so it's another player that has football in their blood, which gets me a little bit excited. Uh, and something else I wanted to reiterate from the combine was the fact that he did play with three different offensive line coaches, and I was kind of applauding him for his mindset and his attitude because he said that he was able to learn something new and something unique from each of these coaches, which this is an approach that I applauded on the show because it can easily be an excuse of why he didn't succeed as much as he wanted. Like, oh, I had three different coaches. It was hard to pick up three different schemes. He took it as every opportunity was a learning opportunity. So I bet you if he goes to the Bears, Juan Castillo, he would love an opportunity to learn from someone like Coach Castillo. So for me, I couldn't pull a trigger on the tight end here after Komet and Trotman were off the board, even though I kind of wanted to. Uh, if it was one of those guys, it would have been a much harder decision. Uh, but at the end of the day, if you can draft uh, a guy here, the 50th pick who can be a day one starter uh, up front for your offensive line, I think you can't find much more value here. And especially, again, we have we don't have a pick for about another 90 or so picks. So you had to do something here, and it had to be big. So Matt Hennessy, uh, big by nature, big by size, and I'm going to go with it for my pick. You know what? I just want to mention, uh, when I was out with uh, the Bears beat reporters on Tuesday night, as I was leaving the bar, Juan Castillo was headed to the bar. So it was like, <laughs> oh, there's Juan Castillo. Uh, I'm about to head out. It's like one – It's Maybe we're probably 20 minutes away from two o'clock at that point. But and I don't even know what time that place closed high velocity in Indianapolis. But, yeah, I just want to mention that little tidbit. Yeah, absolutely. And the guy like, you know, Hennessy, who is so athletic, that's we know we like athletic guards. He's smart. He had that good charisma about him. It just felt like a right pick. And if he's sitting there again. It's hard to pass up someone who can be a day one starter at pick number 50. Like, well, Nick, you did the same thing. You're just on defense. So you're on the same boat as I am. All right. Uh, Cop pick time. We don't know the exact number here. Nick and I, we settled on pick 140-ish. It can be 145. It could be 146, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, You get the picture. But Nick, since you went first last time, I'll go ahead and go for it here. So with the 140-ish pick and the 2020 NFL draft... I have the Bears selecting Harrison Bryant, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic. I was surprised that he was sitting there on the board. That was the first thing. And I did this simulator five times. He was there each and every time. Uh, So I had to do it. had to pull the trigger on a tight end. I really see the value kind of aligning here. Bryant, he isn't the strongest tight end. You're going to look at that 13 reps at the bench press during the combine, and you're going to see there's a lot to be desired here. But he's not the Y tight end. He's that move guy. He's a U. So he doesn't need to be the strongest guy 
on the field. And of course, he's young and he's someone with some time in the weight room. You know, strength is something that you can definitely continue to build upon. I love his instincts when he's in the open field. Uh, he's really good at finding soft spots and zones, uh, finding a way to settle in there, presenting himself to quarterbacks. Uh, and on top of that, as a route runner, he's able to earn himself some separation on all the different th- levels of a defense uh, due to a savvy route running. Uh, he did lead all the tight ends nationally with 65 receptions for 1,004 yards, 15.5 yards per catch last year. Uh, he did score seven times in his 12 starts a season ago. So for me, I went tight end. Uh, I don't need to go into all the ins and outs. I think Harrison Bryant someone that a lot of people know a lot about, uh, but he is someone who, of course, I saw today that the Bears may be okay and comfortable with Trey Burton being their tight end one. Mm, I Again, maybe Austin Hooper is the way to go, which may affect this pick overall for me. But when you have a comp pick and you can find someone in Harrison Bryant who can be, you know, the less pressure year one, because rookie tight ends, we always know they don't produce as you would expect. So they're going to have to take some time. But at the end of the day, someone who can end up growing to be that long term you guy that you tight end in this offense for Matt Nagy. I couldn't really pass up the opportunity. So I'm going to go tight end here with the comp pick at the end of round four. Uh, just to go through my also considered, because it seems to be a staple that I'm going through right now. Safeties every time I'm passing on them left and right. Uh, safety Julian Blackman out of Utah. Pass on safety J.R. Reed out of Georgia. And I also passed on LaMichael Pirine, uh, the running back out of Florida. I really thought maybe you go running back here because this is a position where I do think the Bears would like to have a three-headed monster. They tried a couple times last offseason, didn't work. Um, I really thought about it, but tight end, obviously, at the end of the day, is a bigger need. So I went with the tight end here, Nick. How about you with the comp pick? Round 40, round 40, round four, pick 140-ish. Who are you going to go with? Yeah, so for my comp pick, round four, 140-ish. And I was really surprised that this guy was even there. I Just reading a bunch of articles and seeing what people are saying around the league about Damian Lewis, the LSU guard, 6'3", 332-pound uh, senior. Um, I, I had him pegged in initially about maybe two weeks ago in the second round, that pick 50. But it just seems like that his stock is – kind of trending in the downwards range. I don't know the exact reason why, but that's just where I think he's projected to go. But just watching his film, what stood out to me and why I was, you know, even considering him to be a second round pick is just of how he handles opposing defense alignment. He is just a bulldozer, just a guy that when he is tasked to move the guy that's in front of him and move him backwards, he is more than capable of doing that. You see a nastiness, this edge to him, and that's exactly what the Bears need at the right guard position. That's what they're missing right now on the offensive line, some nastiness. So I think he would be a really good fit for a team that just really needs somebody like that, that mentality, especially at the right guard position. But you constantly see him driving people into the turf, just pancakes. Um, that's what you want to see out of a right guard. Something like that. The one, I guess some knocks on him, what maybe is keeping him from being one of the, the first two-day picks um, is maybe just staying on the block sometimes. Um, defenders will at times find ways to disengage off Lewis. Um, and you're going to see every single lineman struggle with that at times. It's it's something that just happens. But you can also get off balance when you see these defenders come in with a pop um, just on a blitz or something like that. Lewis, I I didn't like it, obviously, but he was on the ground sometimes. I, so something that he definitely needs to clean up. But another big thing and why maybe maybe this isn't 
I guess the the best pick for the Bears, but you need to adjust that scheme regardless because nothing was working last year. He isn't the best moving in space. Um, that seems to be his biggest weakness, and we all know that the Bears like to run these inside, outside zone schemes. But like I just alluded to, the Bears weren't successful doing that last season regardless of who was playing. They just need to make some adjustments on what the philosophy is for this offensive line, how they will actually want to create running lanes, and maybe you put some more power, some more ISO. We saw what that did um, in the week when they played the Chargers. It was being, it was successful. So maybe you run a little bit more of those, but I think that Damian Lewis can adjust and get better with that at time. He just wasn't coached to do that at LSU. Not as often, I would say. Not that he hasn't been in a zone scheme or done some of those plays at all, but he just wasn't coach to do it as often as maybe the bears would like to do it so that's maybe where the biggest knock is but i just like the upside the nastiness the edge that he has and i think if the bears were to if he would be there in the round four where the bears are you know projected to pick with that cop pick i think that would be a, a really good pick for the bears again filling a need and finally i'm addressing the offense which i thought coming into this mock it would be you know the first two picks but it just didn't turn out like that for me now, we've each done our first three picks, and we're entering round five, and neither of us have drafted a quarterback. Are you surprised by that, at least for yourself? Because when I started this exercise, I thought I would probably have a quarterback selected. Um, You know, I, I am surprised, but like like I was saying earlier, I have a bunch of variations where I was so, actually earlier today while I was in class, Will, I'm like, I'm about to change this. I'm about to change all of this. I'm going to put a certain quarterback in that second round, but I didn't do it. But it, it's it's not too surprising. Again, this is it all depends really what happens in free agency. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to dictate a lot of what how we organize our our draft picks and where we have certain players going but it's not too surprising for our first mock of the year now you is it okay if i mention that quarterback i mean you tweeted about him what yeah <laughs> okay so say if jake from somehow fell to this comp pick would that change your thought process because he didn't have the best combine so his stock could be going down the buzz isn't around him right now so if he's sitting there with that comp pick do you take it or i'm just curious I, okay, if Jake Fromm were to go in this fourth round, absolutely, I'm taking him. No doubt about that. That's not even uh, you know a question for me. But I don't think he gets to that pick. I know he didn't have a good draft, and when you look at an Adam Hogue, he mentioned this on the podcast today. It's like a guy like Jake Fromm. This is not where you're going to see him really excel. It's more so the guys with the bigger arms who mm-hmm. are able to you know get the ball downfield. Jake Fromm is at his best when he's playing a defense because, one, he gets to pick it apart. He gets to use his best attribute, which is his knowledge of just diagnosing defenses. That's not in these combine drills. You're just throwing to an open guy who's not covered and you're in underwear. It, it just is not the best way to demonstrate Jake Fromm's talent, right? That's mm-hmm. That's for me. So I think he's still going to be a day two pick. And once we get to this comp pick, I think he'll be gone by then. But if he is there, the Bears shouldn't hesitate. You take Jake Fromm. Now, sticking on the quarterback training, because I know it's a big topic right now, do you think that the lack of a third-round pick in this draft specifically is really holding the Bears back from getting a decent quarterback prospect in this draft? Because that's how I see it. I feel like in round two, you're probably reaching for whatever guy you draft. 
But then by the time you get back on the board here at this comp pick, they're all gone. So you're kind of damned if you do, damned if you don't, right? Yeah, this would be this would be the draft out of all drafts to have a freaking third round pick because I think that's you know what I think of Jeremy Chin. That's maybe where you could peg him at. But if you wanted to get one of those those quarterbacks that are not the Justin Herberts or like you know the upper echelon guys that are projected to go higher up, this is where you can get them at. But they don't have that third round pick, and it's just too much of a gap from that fiftieth mm-hmm. to this comp pick to where whatever quarterback you're kind of projecting that you want is probably going to most likely be gone. Exactly. And that's the problem. And again, I feel like with the bears and how they're, you know, middle to late second round or early second. You coming to bed, hon? Yep. Honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow. Ow. Some things never change, like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance. Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on. Please don't make me go. 15 minutes could save you 15% or more. Mid-second. It's so high up for some of those guys, like a Hertz and a Fromm and... It, then you fall all the way down, and then you're looking at it and like, ooh, oh, I don't know if I want to pick out of there, especially at this stage of the draft. There's some other needs. So I think it's an interesting you know, revelation to have. As much as we want the Bears to go out there and draft a quarterback early, I don't know if the value's there and if it really aligns with what this team needs right now. And I think that's why you're starting to hear more of the grumblings about going the free agency route with a veteran because just how the picks are stacking up. You're just not going to find a guy to overthrow a Mitch Trubisky here in, you know, with this comp pick here at the end of round four. Yeah, I completely agree with you there, Will. All right, well, let's move on to round five, pick 163. So at the 163rd pick of the 2020 NFL draft, Nick, you have the Chicago Bears selecting. Yeah, I have the... Ever doing that. <laughs> I love, I love how you, I love how you um, pause. Like, you just can't say the name over the chime. I feel Goodell like I has one up on you. myself, but um, yeah. So with in the fifth round, pick one sixty three, I have the Bears going back defense, going back to the defense side of the football, and I have them selecting Troy Pride, Notre Dame cornerback, five foot eleven, one hundred ninety three pounds. Um, just to kind of give you his stats last season, he was a thirteen game starter for the Irish, forty tackles, only one interception, six pass breakups. And then he has four career interceptions there for Notre Dame. I got a chance to uh, talk to him and just listen to him speak to the reporters that were at the the table, not the podium. And that was something that he kind of talked about, um, you know, not being at a podium. He will hold it. If any of his teammates or anyone brings it up to him, he will. uh, (laughs) He said, I forgot the exact words, but he'll definitely let it be known that you shouldn't uh, bring that up to him. But just a very smart and relaxed guy i mean we were just asking him questions and it's just like he was just soaking in the moment it just didn't matter to him and you can see that on tape as well because regardless if he does allow a reception to happen he's right he's right on the hip of every single receiver there's not many times where you can see troy pride out of position um and you know a, a term that we used to use for prince mukamara who is now obviously not on the team sticky I would put that sticky term to a Troy Pride. Again, he can he can play in a zone or a man scheme, has the traits for both. He's played press and off-man coverage at Notre Dame, mainly played the boundary, but at times he was in the slot. 
and he just has a really, really smooth back pedal. It's like he's gliding back there. Um, doesn't take any extra steps. You're not going to see that from a Troy Pride. It's a guy that ran track in high school. Um, and, you know, 4-4, four, four, uh, 40 yard dash, it, it definitely tells that he is one of the, you know, faster DBs. But negatives, when I'm looking at Troy Pride and just watching the film, not the best tackler. Um, you know, kind of will lunge at people, not keep his head up. That will allow yak to happen for these wide receivers getting off blocks. Um, he isn't the biggest guy, five foot 11, 193 pounds. He's got good size, but he's not the biggest. And then just looking back for the ball at times, especially on those fade routes or those 50, 50 balls. If you go back and watch the tape against Georgia, you'll see, I think it's number 15 for Georgia. He got the better of Troy pride a couple of times, but again, he, just listening to the interview, credits his coaching for being well-versed in whatever scheme he's going to play at the next level. He said he watches everybody in the NFL just to get bits and pieces so he can apply to his own game. I just came away thoroughly impressed how he presented himself, the confidence that he has in himself. And I think with the Bears, they need another cornerback. I'm not sold on a Kevin Tolliver or uh what is it, Trey Roberson from the CFL? Yet I need to see. I need to see more from them. To be, to be completely honest, so I think bringing in another guy to compete is going to be best for the Bears in that overall defense. Yeah, I was thinking about Roberson a lot when I was doing this because you know corner is a need, and I, I think I get a little worried when I think of like a Jonathan Mincy. Right, he came from the CFL. I was like, oh, he was the best CFL corner all of last year, especially as a nickel corner in. Yeah, he, he couldn't make the team. So, uh, again, Roberson may be a different case. Uh, you don't want to have to compare two players that don't have anything to do with one another besides the league that they played in. But, yeah, you get a little hesitant. Uh, you can't really have full faith that it's going to be a, a viable solution until you see it on the field. Uh, so, for me, with pick 163, you know, I went offense and I went offense. So, yes, here I'm going to go offense again. Uh, I was looking at the board, and unfortunately for J.R. Reed, that safety out of Georgia, he was on the board, and I was like, ooh, I really was like, let's do it. <laughs> but then I saw Devin uh, DuVernay, the wide receiver out of Texas. Uh, and I just want to mention, too, I was watching the board. Antonio Gibson from Memphis was sitting right there and got picked three spots before the Bears. I was like, well, I'm not going to pick him. I'm going to try to keep this as you know, realistic via the simulator as possible. Uh, so I went with uh, Duvernay here. Uh, and what I like about him is, of course, he brings the one element to this offense that we all know they need, and that is speed. Um, at the combine, he ran a 4.39, uh, which, again, is not the fastest that you're going to see there, but it's fast. It's speedy. It's better than most. A 4.39. I'll take that on this offense. Uh, when he was entering college, he was a top five national recruit, and he had it took some time to kind of adjust and grow into a college a collegiate wide receiver. And at the end of the day, he finished as a top five wide receiver in the nation. So he enters a top five recruit, he enters a top five wideout. He finished with 106 catches, uh, 1,386 yards, and nine touchdowns last season for the Longhorns. Uh, just a fun little tidbit about his background. He was the state champ in the 100 meter in high school. And when you watch him with a ball, you kind of see some of that uh, tenacity. Like, he's not hurdling over guys, even though he probably has the ability to do so. But what I love is that he is what I'm going to call a bully with the ball in his hands. He uh, can really excel uh, with catch and runs. It's kind of his bread and butter. He's going to run through a defender without any hesitation. Uh, the Bears, I don't think they have a wide receiver like that on the roster right now. It's a lot of finesse guys, some bigger bodies. But no one that's just going to be a bull in the china shop and just go crazy. And that's what you kind of see here out of Devin. Uh, he's not perfect. 
Uh, he's not the best route runner. He needs to kind of polish up those routes. He's not the best at 50-50 balls either, which is, of course, I would call that a slight caution with a guy with so, so much speed. You do want to go ahead and find a way to uh, have him win those 50-50 balls. He is like 5'11", uh, so he's not like super tall, but he's not like super short either. Um, but he is someone, again, he's not perfect, but you're going to be hard-pressed to find a perfect prospect at any position at this stage of the draft but he's a flyer the bears need speed and i think he is the right guy at this stage and another fact i'm going with guys who have football in their blood he is the cousin of arizona cardinals quarterback kyler murray uh so it is you know football runs in a family which i like and uh he is someone who brings speed uh and again has to work on route running but overall someone i would be very excited about the bears found a way to get him although i was going to say i was hoping gibson would have been available at this stage and i would be able to pick him instead but if you're looking for a plan b uh devin duvernay is not a bad one whatsoever all right nick ready for round six you know the ever graceful round six that you know you know who's going to be available you know who's going to you know who, what teams are going to choose who? So it's easy to project this round. Oh, absolutely! All right. So with the sixth round, pick one hundred and ninety-six, I have the Chicago Bears selecting James Morgan, the quarterback out of Florida International. And I know, I ten minutes ago, I was saying I didn't like any of these quarterback prospects, and you're right. But that was a couple of rounds ago. Now you're sitting here in round six. The Bears are probably bringing in, you know, a veteran guy. So now you can kind of get interesting with the developmental prospect. Uh, and again, it took maybe a much longer than you and I thought we get to a quarterback, but it all kind of comes together. It all aligns right now. Morgan, he got some buzz around the combine, um, and he was kind of there to report uh, earlier today. I was looking into, actually yesterday too, that the Bears were interested in him. Uh, again, I needed to draft a quarterback. I really had to. I had to find a way to squeeze it in here. Uh, so putting the pieces together... Here we are. Morgan, he's known for having some serious arm strength. He's someone that can kind of put the ball anywhere with his velocity. No window is too small when it comes to James Morgan and his arm strength. Uh, He's known for being ultra tough. He played through a knee injury all of last year, and he's known to kind of hold on to take a hit if it means he can get the ball out to hit his guy in that route. He won't just tuck it or duck and kind of take a sack. He'll stand up tall in the pocket to make that throw. He doesn't shy away from that contact, which I really like. Uh, What kind of makes him a project, though, is that lack of a footwork. He has some inconsistencies uh, with his ball placement and his accuracy as well. But what teams are kind of getting excited about when it comes to James Morgan is first his football IQ. He knows this game inside and out, uh, his game knowledge, his in-game kind of leadership and overall leadership abilities. Um, I don't like that he grew up a Packers fan, uh, but we all make mistakes, especially at a young age. I did notice uh, this weekend that he did have a beard. And so for you know me, I was like, hey, this just makes a lot of sense. And again, even though maybe I don't love the idea of drafting a quarterback this rate, you know, it seems like the Bears are going to kind of play the long game here with one. So instead of reaching early and missing out on another position, I thought Morgan is a good of a developmental uh, developmental guy um, as any. So my pick here at 196 is James Morgan, quarterback, Florida International. You had someone from SIU. I got someone from FIU. And no one here from Indiana University, at least my alma mater. So <laughs> getting close, getting close is a little bit of extra letters on top of it. But Nick, how about you? Who's going to be your 196th pick? Yeah, so, Will, we were on the same thinking on that very first pick, and now we're back at it again with the 196th pick. I'm going with Anthony Gordon, Washington State quarterback. Um, This is a guy that I got to see back when I was in Mobile, Alabama. 
He's a guy that is known for his off-platform kind of throws. That is also it's a positive trait and also a negative one. There are times where, hey, it's good to throw off-platform because of the situation that he is in, but at times he's just kind of rushing things. And got a chance to ask him a couple of questions at um, in Indianapolis, and I asked him, what did coaches tell you that you needed to work on just now going into Indianapolis? And he said that he wanted to work, one, on his footwork. He said it could be a little re- restless with his feet, and he also – that he just wants to have a good foundation at all times or try to when it's possible. And he also wants to keep adding overall arm strength because that is another weakness for Gordon here is that he doesn't have the biggest arm. You could tell even when he's throwing passes that are just bubble screens, the ball takes a little bit of time to get there. But here's the thing with Anthony Gordon. He had one year of starting, but he had 689 passing attempts. Well, that's that's outrageous. I know he comes from the air raid system, and but it, that at one point in time was seen as a negative. But you see the guys that have come out of air raid systems. You have you produce Patrick Mahomes with his coach at the time at Texas Tech was Cliff Kingsbury, obviously an NFL coach for the Cardinals now. And then you have Gardner Minshew um, when he was with Mike Leach, just like Anthony Gordon. And you know, with that system, you produce a lot of lot of good. Uh, statistics here he had 493 completions a 71.6 completion percentage second in um you know college football with 5,579 passing yards only behind joe burrow 48 touchdowns 16 interceptions so he filled the stat sheet no doubt about it he did and he the only thing though he had 14 starts which is one more than mitch trubisky coming out of north carolina so you know um but with with just watching, you know, the couple of games that I watched of him, he goes through his progressions, will run if he needs to, hits his rece- his receivers in stride, can throw on the want- run. He has a really quick release, and we know Matt Nagy's system. Yes, he probably would like to throw it downfield a little bit more, but what he's asking right now of Mitchell Trubisky, get the ball out quick. Gordon could definitely do that. Um, but he's always looking to make plays. There was this one play against Justin Herbert in Oregon where it was a busted play. And he pump fakes like three times. He knows there's nobody to throw it to, but he's pump faking it three times trying to get this first down. Uh, can also maneuver well in the pocket. And he did, going back to that Oregon game, he did lead his team back against a number 11 ranked Oregon at the time. There's two minutes left in the game, and uh, Gordon is able to get a touchdown on the board. Oregon did come back to win that game, but it just kind of shows the competitiveness that an Anthony Gordon has in him. But obviously, with the positives, there's a bunch of negatives with Anthony Gordon he just looks stiff back there as a quarterback I don't know if you've ever you've gotten a chance to watch film of this will but that offensive line for Washington State did a pretty damn good job of giving him time and he's just literally standing there and just kind of surveying okay no one's there no one's there no one's there and his feet are planted to the ground it looks like a statue <laughs> what a luxury so, that would be Absolutely, and that's not going to happen in the NFL. So he will hold the ball too long at times, makes questionable decisions. Like I alluded to earlier, the ball takes some time to get to his receivers, um, and he does just throw some contested passes. And like you said, those off-platform throws can be a good thing and a bad thing. But I just think you know, you have to draft, I, regardless of who the Bears get as their veteran quarterback, which it seems like this is going to happen, you draft one. I, it's it's time for the Bears to start thinking about the future 
and just developing guys. A lot of other teams draft quarterbacks. I know the mentality is like to draft one every year. And I think you tweeted out earlier in the week, Will, that that's something that Pace wanted to do is like just continuing Mm -hmm. to draft quarterbacks. He's yet to really do that. He hasn't done that. So this would be a nice opportunity to maybe draft someone in the later round. Obviously, they're not ready to play. Let them develop. See if they can make themselves into something. But I, I do like. I guess the upside with Anthony Gordon, not that he would ever amount or be something, but you never know. He does have. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. The production that one season, they did some good things along with some bad. Yeah, all right, we both went quarterback. A little bit of different prospects, but at the end of the day, they're both developmental guys, project guys, that we would need to kind of wait and see and uh, work and groom and all those good things. But yeah, uh, Ryan Pace did say back in 2015 that he would love to draft a quarterback every year. That would be the goal. And I think he's only drafted one quarterback. So not really adhering to that. But like you said, Nick, I think this is the year, even though ideally you do it in round three, if you don't have it, you got to find it where, you know, the value aligns. And I think here in uh, the end of the fifth round um, is definitely where it kind of all starts to come together. And by the end of the fifth round, I meant the end of the sixth round. Too many notes. All right, so moving on, we still have another pick here in this sixth round. So let's go over to pick 200. And with the 200th pick of the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears drafting Travis Gibson, the edge player out of Tulsa. So, yeah, I'm double dipping here at edge. Uh, Gibson, very interesting prospect. I believe he can make the final roster, and I think he can be uh, the fourth man in this rotation. He's long, tall, and raw. Uh, when you see him on film, you notice that he uses his length to kind of overmatch blockers. Uh, his long stride can kind of get him in a spot in a hurry. And on top of that, he plays with a high motor and violence. I know he has uh, some work, uh, especially with his hand placement, but that's stuff that can kind of get coached up in time. Uh, I know that some of his comparisons is a Roy Robson Harris, which is interesting that I am actually intrigued by this as much as I've been underwhelmed by Roy Robson Harris at times. But um, he's someone that I think can do more with his career if coached properly, not as much as a project as RRH may be. Uh, so, but yeah, here, I mean, I don't think at this point of the draft, I need to go too deep into some of these prospects, but uh, the Bears, they get their fourth man in the rotation. He's a situational pass rusher here as a rookie who can develop into maybe something more down the road. Um, but with Khalil Mack and with my first pick, uh, heck, Nick, even with your first pick, he wouldn't have to become, you know, the best pass rusher on this team. And you can't have too many guys who can go after quarterback. So for me, uh, I thought about it hard. Uh, with my first pick, of course, he can be that Aaron Lynch replacement right out of the gate. And I was like, I don't need Isaiah Irving here again, clogging up that fourth spot. Don't think he provides too much value there. We can be better. So Travis Gibson, I think he's a much more fluid and natural pass rusher than Isaiah Irving. So for that reason, um, I'm double dipping here at edge and going Gibson. How about you with pick 200? Yeah, pick 200, and you actually mentioned this player earlier. And look, we don't know where these guys are projected to go. It all depends on what team values or skill set. And a guy like Antonio Gibson out of Memphis, that running back slash wide receiver, it depends on what teams actually see him as. Mm -hmm. At the Senior Bowl, 
he was repping with the running backs. And I was wondering what he didn't get an invite as a running back here in Indianapolis. Well, it's because he was going as a wide receiver. So he is he is a tweener. That's exactly what he is. Um, his stat line for 2019, 38 receptions, 735 yards, eight touchdowns. He also had 33 rushing attempts, 369 yards, four touchdowns, 11.2 yard average. So he is right there on the cusp of being a receiver, a running back. And honestly, Will, when I see what he's capable of doing, he could definitely do both. He's a good route runner to where, hey, if you maybe want to be the fourth, fifth guy, I take you there. But when I got a chance to talk to him in Mobile, um, he said that he really models his game after Cordero Patterson, someone that can just do it all. And I think that's where you can find the value in an Antonio Gibson because I asked him also, what would it be like to play in Matt Nagy's offense? And he just kind of smiled. It was like that would be, you know, be essentially perfect because you could put he could put him anywhere. And that's where I envision kind of Antonio Gibson fitting in with a Matt Nagy offense. And I think I would primarily have him as that that running back position. It's like a bigger version of a Tariq Cohen, but he actually has experience just kind of doing both there with Memphis. And if you put on the tape just watching what he did against SMU, you see you see it all. You see him run beautiful post routes where he's just getting behind the safeties and the, the cornerback. He's running a wheel route where it looks like he's a wide receiver just selling the out, turning up to just go right upfield for an easy touchdown. But he's lining up in the slot, on the outside, on the line of scrimmage, off the line of scrimmage as a kick returner. He also lined up as a fullback, as a lead block, and a tight end right outside the the right tackle at times. So it's this guy – is everywhere and it's all about what person what team gets him and can just use their creativity get to get antonio gibson the ball he ran a 439 at the 40 in indianapolis so he's got speed he's got again the tangibles to be a receiver a running back it all just takes the right team the right vision and the right creativity to put him in the right uh possible spots but if he's available and we talk about the bears need speed he can definitely address those issues Man, if he's available all the way down there, A, I'd be surprised, and yeah, B, you, you gobble him up. You know, you take him because, uh, like you said, he's a very unique talent, uh, very versatile, and is someone that has a lot of different intangibles, too, that would be great to have on this football team. I don't know if he'll make it. As of right now, I don't think so, but I like your positive thinking there, Nick. Yeah, I just I have no idea where any of these guys are going to go, so it's like, hey, there you go. There's a guy that I like there. And honestly, you know how simulators have things projected where CBS might have it, the NFL, it's like that's nice, but if these teams it, it's all about where you the teams know. have everyone pegged. No, mm-hmm. no one had Adam Shaheen a second round pick and the Bears the Bears definitely did. So Right. And there's it, guys that every- Guys, every draft that, you know, they're projected to go in the fourth, fifth, sixth round range and they end up going undrafted overall. And everyone's like, whoa. And then, of course, they become your fri- priority free agent right after the draft. They kind of scoop up, too. But, yeah, you just never know. But I like the positive thinking because that would be tremendous value at pick 200 if he was available. All right, moving into the seventh round, pick 226. Nick, I'm going to go for it. I'm playing this chime. Let's see how you can do it. With the 226 pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Bears selecting Quiz Watkins, Southern Mississippi wide receiver, uh, six foot, 185 pound. He's a burner. He's a guy that will absolutely take the top off a of defense. He ran a 4.35 uh, in the 40 at the the combine there, and I had 
no idea who he was, but when I was, I think it was at your house, Will, um, when the we were just watching and I saw four three five forty. Who is this guy? And then just kind of did some more research, found the little game film that I can actually watch of him. And he's not just a guy that can take the top off a of defense. He also will go up and get that contested ball. There's a lot of times where he's just out jumping the the DB there and able to bring in, you know, some of those contested catches. But this is if, you know, again, speed is very coveted in this league. And a guy like that probably won't even make it to the seventh round just because of the upside that he could be a guy that just takes the top off a of defense. But if he is there, obviously the Bears need someone that can bring that kind of, you know, element to their offense. Someone that could just take the top off a of defense because they currently don't have that right now. But if he's available, I, I would definitely, you know, take that risk, take that chance to see what he could become. Um, and just to give out your stat line last season, 2019, he had 55 receptions, 1,024 yards, five touchdowns. He did miss two games uh, due to an undisclosed reason. Uh, then I thought that was a little weird. But 2018, just a year before that, had 72 receptions, 889 yards, and nine touchdowns. So a guy that has produced is fast. And right now the Bears just need somebody like that. So I think Quiz Watkins would be a nice guy to have, especially if he's there in the seventh round. How many yards did he have last season? Last season he had 1,024 on 55 receptions. I just wanted to do the math. I felt like a lot. 18.6 yards per catch. That's a yeah. big play. I mean, that's almost doubling the sticks every time he touches the ball. That's incredible. Yeah, the thing is with him, Will, just watching him, when he got a little drag route, his the speed that he has, it's like there are guys that have angles on him. No doubt they have angles. But with that speed, he's just able to just – Again, separate from everybody. There was a kick return, or not a kick return, a punt return that he also had. So I know we've been talking about like the, I don't know, the frustration with Tariq Cohen at the punt return position, even though he's had some good stats there. But it's a guy, if he gets his hand on the ball, it's good things happen. So guy that just separates from everybody else and with that speed, it, it tells why. Well, A, I applaud you because you have more notes on your seventh round guys than I do. <laughs> Because at this point, I was like, eh, I'll get the gist. People will figure it out. Uh, but for my pick here, seventh round, Nick, you would approve of my pick. I'm going to go with Geno Stone, the safety out of Iowa. I would. He's going to be gone, though. Uh, see, we'll find out. Those simulators, <laughs> they were having him sitting there around uh, anywhere from sixth or seventh round. Uh, but he is someone who is very much still, I think, under the radar, which that's what I'm hoping for here, um, because he is someone who can uh, be a very viable, strong safety in the NFL. Uh, he really fits that mold to a T. Uh, he's a great leader. I know he's one of Iowa's team leaders in 2019. He finished last year with 70 tackles, a sack, one pick, four pass breakups, and three forced fumbles. Um, he's known for having excellent instincts and a football IQ, which those two kind of go hand in hand. If you're football smart, football savvy, you tend to have some pretty good instincts out there on the field. Um, he's best when playing forward. He's not the most athletic safety, but again, that's not what we're going for. We don't need someone that has sideline to sideline range. We have that in Eddie Jackson. So I love how Stone projects. I think he can be that perfect counterpart to an Eddie Jackson, uh, if not right out of the gate, but in the very short future. But Geno Stone, I think he's someone that if he does last this long, uh, Nick, I'm curious to see where you think he'll go because you've been watching him play, obviously, much more uh, strongly than I have. I think he's someone, even if you found him in round six, 
I think he can be almost a day one starter. He's that solid. He's not someone that is too far off from some of these other safeties that are going around three or four. He's right on the cusp. It's just, you know, he's underrated, under the radar. There's some more buzz around some of these other bigger physical guys. But Geno Stone, he's solid. And I guess Stone is. So it works out really well for his namesake as well. Anything you wanted to add on uh, Geno Stone? I'm sure you do. Uh, yeah, so I was just talking with my professor who was at the Combine. He covers the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, just really likes him as a prospect as well. I haven't watched any of his game film, um, and honestly, I'm not going to tell you that I remember anything just watching him play. Um, actually, I don't even think I was – yeah, no, I may have been there. But, it like, <laughs> again, I think this is a guy that – uh, he just has all the intangibles, and he I think he ran a pretty solid 40, 40 time, which is the, something that I think was the question mark with him. Where where was he going to project in the forty yard dash? But I have to go back and watch him watch his film because I know in a future mock draft I definitely have him pegged in uh, somewhere here in my notes that I'm going to put in somewhere. But I will have to get back to you on that. All right, you'll get back to me on that. But we have one final pick, and that's pick two hundred and thirty three. So. Time for our own Mr. Irrelevant. And Nick, um, I guess you had the last chime, so I need to do this chime myself. So with the 233rd pick in the 2020 NFL Draft, I have the Chicago Bears selecting Colton McIvitz, the offensive tackle out of West Virginia. Uh, He's someone that doesn't have... Nick, is that your pick? No, no, but position is yes. All right, cool. Well, that's nice. I was like, there's no way we picked the same guy the last pod. There's just no way, but cool. Same position. So both going off as a tackle, spoiler alert. But McKivitz, he's someone that doesn't have eye-popping arm length or athleticism, but he's has a high motor and a word that, Nick, you used a couple of times with your early round picks. He brings the nasty, and I think you need some of that nasty here with that offensive line. Uh, he has quick sets uh, that helps limit the edge, and he has some good balance when getting back into those sets. Uh, he has three years of experience at right tackle. So for me, I'm not going to give you the entire scouting report on McKivitz. I think that would be a waste of my breath. But if you're wondering why you make this pick, I think he's uh, kind of like that Charles Leno Jr. guy where you bring on in the seventh round that has potential of earning himself a starting spot, not this season, but maybe next year when the Bears want to move on for Bobby Massey, I think he can potentially become that starter at right tackle. So for me, Colton McKivitz, offensive tackle. Nick, who's your offensive tackle? Yeah, I'm not going to recap all everything I have on my guy because I don't have everything. It's the final pick, 233. I have Terrence Steele, offensive tackle, Texas Tech, six foot six, 312-pound Um right tackle him. Yeah. Just kind of watching the limited tape that I watched on him. He tends to stand straight up at times. will lunge at opposing defense alignment and not get anything. Um, yeah, this is a guy that again, it's a project. We saw what a potential project could be though in a Charles Leno jr. So it's not to say that you just throw away this pick, but maybe this is a guy that develops into something. He does come again from that air raid system, but he does have this, again, like your your player there, Will, a little bit of a nastiness to him where he wants to get physical in the run game, even though primarily it, that Texas Tech's teams are going to pass the football. But that's who I have uh, projected with that final pick that the Bears have. And I think it's an area where we've seen in previous drafts, the Bears will select a offensive lineman kind of later in the draft. A lot of them haven't made this team or stuck with the team, but just kind of how they've approached the draft um, in, recent, in past years. 
All right, so to kind of recap our drafts real quick, I'll go ahead with mine. At 43, I'm getting Julian Aquara, the edge out of Notre Dame. Following that up at pick 50 with Matt Hennessy, uh, the interior offensive lineman out of Temple, who I have projected to becoming the Bears' starting right guard. Uh, then after that with the comp pick. Finally, a bed that senses snoring and automatically responds. Meet the Ergo Smart Base from Tempur-Pedic, our first system that detects snoring, then automatically adjusts by raising the bed. Get your best sleep all night, every night. For a limited time, save up to $500 on select adjustable mattress sets and experience the deep, undisturbed sleep of Tempur-Pedic. Get full offer details at TempurPedic.com. You have Harrison Bryant, the tight end out of Florida Atlantic. Saw him up there on the board, had to snatch him. Followed that up with another offensive playmaker in Devin DuVernay, the wide receiver at Texas that has that 4-3-9 speed. And then you go to back, you and I both went quarterback in the sixth round, but mine was James Morgan, the quarterback out of Florida International. And then following up in the sixth round, I went back to edge, uh, Travis Gibson out of Tulsa to kind of round out that uh, outside linebacker rotation. And then here in the seventh round, I went with Geno Stone, the safety out of Iowa, and then offensive tackle Colton McKivitz, uh, West Virginia. So overall, you know, I feel like I was able to help out with all the areas of needs uh, and also maybe bolster some of these like edge. I think if you get two of these guys, uh, you turn a position that was a weakness last year outside of Khalil Mack uh, to one that has a, you know, was a little bit light in depth into a strength. And of course you got that speed in the offense, that U tight end that we need as well. And on top of it, a development of quarterback and also a Bobby Massey replacement. So overall, you know, after talking about it, I feel better than I did at the top of the show, but how about you, Nick? I want to recap yours real quick. Yeah, and again, just want to preface by saying I had the Bears getting Austin Hooper in free agency. That's why I did not select a tight end. Don't want anyone to crap on my mock draft. Not one of the biggest holes there. But pick 43, I have the Bears selecting Florida Edge, Jonathan Grenard. Then we go to pick number 50. I have the Bears selecting Jeremy Chin, safety out of SIU. Then we have the comp pick. And I have the Bears selecting Damian Lewis, LSU guard. And then we go to the sixth round there. I have pick 196 being Anthony Gordon, Washington State quarterback. Again, a developmental guy. And then their second sixth round pick, pick 200, Antonio Gibson, Memphis, running back slash wide receiver. And then the two seventh round picks, I have pick 226, Quiz Watkins, Southern Mississippi wide receiver. And then the last pick, Terrence Steele, uh, offensive tackle, Texas Tech, pick number 233. Again, I think later in the draft, I addressed really that need for speed that the Bears are really lacking on their team right now. And with this Florida edge with Jonathan Grenard, I think it's just a good compliment to a Cleo Mack, regardless if Leonard Floyd is there or not. And then... Obviously, I have Jeremy Chin, who is just my draft crush right now. I think being a good compliment to Eddie Jackson, being that hybrid, you know, strong safety, nickel cornerback, and then also just a, you know, another linebacker in the box when you need it. But yeah, now that, like you will, we talked about it. I haven't seen that, or maybe I missed it. All the people like talk crap about my mock. I do feel a little bit better about it. Yeah, we have a private uh, live chat for that. So don't worry. Oh, okay. Yeah, I, I would assume that's this awful. <laughs> no, you're good. I, but yeah, it's interesting because like starting the show, like we were tiptoeing around even starting this thing because we were both not confident. And I don't know if I'm confident in how I kind of outlined this, but I feel better about 
uh, some of the decisions that I made. And I mean, you and I made similar decisions at the end of the day. Uh, we did take a couple of different you know, avenues and paths, but at the end of the day, it is a very you know, similar feeling type of a mock draft as well. But Nick, any final thoughts on him? You know, obviously once free agency begins, we're going to do this thing again. And it's going to be, I'll say it'll be more accurate or more reflective of what the needs will be once we kind of enter uh, the NFL draft. And then of course uh, the goal here, hopefully by Ryan Pace will be to, you know, fill up some of these holes via free agency. So you don't have to reach here in the draft. And then some of these needs are uh, mitigated. So you can go more best player available. Of course, it may not be straight BPA, but at least the closer you can get aligned to it, of course, uh, the better. But any final thoughts on our mock drafts or uh, any just final thoughts in general? Yeah, as time goes on, we will have a better understanding of what the needs are on this team. We know what they are now, but free agency can you know, fill a little bit of those. Clearly, I had the better mock draft, and you guys should <laughs> post in the comments who you got, what mock draft you like, what picks you like, what picks you didn't agree with or disagree with. Um, just let us know. We'd like to definitely hear your guys' take, and you know, not that we're going to take that into account for our next mock draft, but we like to see where people are agreeing with us or not. Wow, you're just crapping on me, crapping on the audience. What are you doing, Nick? Everybody's getting crapped on. Oh, I you. thought everyone was going to crap on my mock. Yeah, especially me. <laughs> yeah. And of course, you start trying to talk, you know, a little bit of smack and then your internet starts to dip out. So just take that as a lesson to stay respectful, sir. But no, I think uh, obviously my mock draft was, yeah, yeah, my mock draft was better. I had the better quarterback between the two, so that's better. I guess. I haven't watched so much. I forgot your guy's name, to be completely honest. So I... Wow. Morgan. We're going to have a quarterback named Morgan. And we'll call him Captain. He'll get the nice C patch one day whenever the Bears use him again. We'll be Captain Morgan, and then we're all set. Is his first name James? Yes. They drafted James Morgan, the offensive lineman, and now he's gone. Just Does Jordan like Morgan. Pick. Oh, Jordan Morgan. Darn Okay. Close. Good. Jay Morgan, you have the same first initial <laughs> last name, so you're 30% of the way there. But all right, I'm going I'm to call that an episode. We're rambling on too much here at the end. I want to thank everyone who tuned into this week's show. Uh, speaking of thanks, shout out to all the Bears fans who help us kind of inch closer to our goal. Uh, we're up to 564 reviews on Apple Podcasts, and our goal is 600 by training camp. Uh, remember, one lucky Bears listener or listener of this podcast will get a free Bears jersey of their choice after we hit that goal. I love giving those away, so keep bringing those reviews and ratings. We'll be back soon as Nick and I continue to gear up now. I think we're going to turn our attention to free agency for a little while before we get back onto this draft kind of train. But until next time, bear down, Chicago. Bear down.